0: We're going to share a very practical message, okay? It's a really practical message uh, called What's Next? Okay, so like what, as a follower of Jesus and here at Ethos, within our community, within our family, what's next? Like what are some things that we, that we lean into? Um, How many parents do we have in the room? Can I see your hand if you're a parent regardless of your age? Okay, quite a few parents in the room. Um, uh, If you're a little bit of an older parent, your kids are grown up, um, help us kind of Go back into the memory bank, if you will. If you're a younger parent, you, you'll be able to relate to this really quickly. Uh, how, how many of you remember when it was really difficult to get your kids to eat the food that you wanted them to eat? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, if you can't relate to this, and you just had, like, the perfect kids. Like, uh, like I see a mom back here looking at her daughter up here, literally. She's like, you. That was you. Like, literally, right now. She's looking. She, she want, Megan, she want, your mom wants to make sure you know. <laughs> That you were a really hard child to raise. I,
1: I hear you had ice cream every night. I did, right? Ice
0: cream every yeah. night. That's how you got dairy. That was your protein. It's amazing. It amazing. We certainly struggled with that, especially with our oldest, our oldest daughter. And in fact, uh, we were really trying to work pretty intentionally, and, and, and I don't know if we'd say strategically, but certainly intentionally, to try to we train her survive,
1: Okay, We yeah. were just like, doing the best that we could. It was overwhelming. I wasn't a picky eater and this was like new to me. My parents didn't give us an option, okay? Like we ate what was put on the table and clearly I missed that memo because our daughter was not that way. She was like, and she wasn't like your typical like picky child eater, right? Like you hear like, oh, our kid's a picky eater and you think, oh, they'll eat chicken nuggets and they'll eat carrot sticks and bananas. No, like she would eat pizza. She would eat chips and salsa. If it looked like pizza or a nacho, you were good. So I literally would spend hours in the kitchen every week. This is like, my parents are here. Like I am not making this up at all. I would spend hours a week in the kitchen prepping things, figuring out how to put things in pizza sauce, and put them on a chip with cheese on top, so that there was like something nutritious that she was eating. And we just like reached a point where I was like, "This is ridiculous. Like, I I cannot do this."
0: So so one night we made a decision. Tonight's the night where we're not going to compromise and we're not going to give in to the fake nachos, you know. And so, <laughs> so so we said, "You're eating zucchini." Was it zucchini?
1: It was okay. Now like.
0: Like smaller than like a pea. The it was smaller than a pea.
1: Little piece of zucchini.
0: And we're like, we're just, just small steps, just small, simple steps.
1: Just one bite. We want you
0: just to take this one little bite, smaller than a pea, piece of zucchini. And we sat at the dinner table for over an hour. There were
1: tears from oh, her she's and crying. us. crying. Like.
0: Yeah, and like at a certain point, like I'm getting angry. I'm like, eat the zucchini, you know. And we're like trying to not raise our voices, but we're like, "Eat the food, Sophie! Eat the food!" And she was a very strong-willed child until a certain point, where I took that little tiny piece of zucchini that had been in and out of her mouth two dozen times at this point, and I took it and I'm and I'm forcing it in her mouth, and she's like, like this, like trying to hold herself because we're like, we're like trying to say, if you don't eat it, you're going to get disciplined, you know? And and so we're we're like forcing it into her mouth and. And so finally, she gets it in, and she goes to swallow it. And she starts choking on it. Not like a, not like a, <coughs> not like that, like a.
1: She's not very subtle. Okay.
0: Like, 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 you know, the choking where, like, you stop breathing. And we're like, and I'm like, I, I think I just killed my daughter. And literally, in that moment, I just got, like, superhero dad. Adrenaline came on me. Like, the anointing of God came over me. I, like, gave her the Heimlich maneuver, I saved her life. Not true, like,
1: not true. He started crying.
0: <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, right now, I'm like, I'm like, my daughter's dying, I'm going to jail, and I just froze. And I literally, I'm looking at my kid, and she's choking, I'm like, and I'm looking at my wife, and I'm like, do something. <laughs> and so Courtney, like, superhero mom fashion, like, jumps in and like, like, breathe, Sophie, <coughs> cough it out, cough it really out, so Sophie's like, <coughs> cough it out, it spits out. And I, like, I lost it. Like, I didn't actually cry at the beginning. All of a sudden, like, I lost it. I started bawling. I was like, I will, you can eat whatever you want, whatever you want for the rest of your life. And you know? I was
1: like, no. Like, this was like a three-hour ordeal. If we go back from here, we are never winning with this child.
0: So we still made her eat it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't. I, I, literally, I, I literally. I said, I said, I needed to use the restroom. I need to go to the bathroom. And, yeah. But, but okay, so, so here's the point of the whole story, right, <laughs> is... is is people are starting to catch on that our stories have nothing to do with the message. People are starting to pick up on this. This many, one does.
1: How many of you were here last week for the peanut butter and jelly story? Yeah. We got, we got home, and my parents were like, I, like, you totally lost me there.
0: I just, I, because I always would have preferred to be a stand-up comedian, but, and so that's why this is my chance, you know? And so, no, but but here's, here's the point, here's the point, is that is that sometimes we do, we all have to take there's a goal that we have, right? And we, we all have to take small steps to get to that goal. That's why this whole thing is kind of like, what's next? And we're talking about these small steps that we can take in order to get to the goals that we all all desire. And for us as a community is to is to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And if, you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're, we're so glad that you're here. In fact, you can kind of, maybe even just for a few moments, kind of peek behind the curtain, so to speak, and kind of see what is it that we really desire to be a part of? What is it that we desire to do. And, and here's what Hebrews said, the author of Hebrews in chapter 6, verse 1. I love this scripture. And it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again, but let us go, let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. That word go implies movement, that, that God really desires for us to grow. He really does. Like if we stay where we are right now, one year from now, I think we're, I think we're missing the point. There's 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 the, there's this intentional growth that's that's supposed to take place, but here's where we get frustrated though is we don't see we don't see the we don't see growth in the magnitude or in the manner that we desire to see it in, and so we give up too quickly and we give in too soon. But really, every big thing that you want to do in your life requires lots of little steps, consistently done throughout throughout your life. And so we wanted just to share with you really quick, just kind of just kind of the the three. Three things, three next steps, that as a community, as a church, we want to lean into consistently. And if you're newer to your faith, and even if you're not, maybe you maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for quite some time, but this is something that that ought to encourage us and challenge us to lean into on a regular basis. We're going to go through these pretty quickly, but I want us to to throughout our talk this morning to really to really kind of. Kind of listen into that one thing. I really, I've been praying this morning that there just be that one thing that God would challenge you with today, that you that you could take with you as we leave today. That would be a next step for you, that we could begin to implement in our lives on a regular basis. Really see the fruit uh, because of as a result of that of that step. The first thing is, uh, as a community, we want to be a people who feed on God's word. That's what we want. We want to be people who who really lean into the Bible. Who who understand that the Bible is the, is the inspired Word of God. Over a 1,600-year period, God moved in the hearts of about 40 different authors and wrote 66 different books, and there's this constant theme throughout it. It really is a miracle. If you've never had the opportunity to read all the way through the Scriptures, you see this thread. It's, called the, it's really called the Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. As we begin to read through the Scriptures, we begin to see how over 1,600 years this was written. in all kind of works incongruency with one another. It's, it's really a miraculous thing, but, but here's what we got to understand, that the Bible is God's Word and our opportunity to hear from His Word. And as a result, when we read the Bible, we begin to understand the voice of God. So those of us who would say, I don't really know what the voice of God sounds like, I would encourage you to read the Bible. I would encourage you to begin to read it on a regular basis just as if my wife could call me from anywhere in the room, no matter how large of a crowd it may be, I would know her voice because I hear it so consistently. Now the Bible isn't an audible voice, but it is a voice that we begin to hear in our heads, and it begins to soften our hearts that any other point throughout our lives we feel impressed, like something is hmm, telling me to do something. It's because we begin to understand the voice of God. I hope that makes hope that makes sense. We gotta feed on the word of God. I love, I love peanut butter cups. <laughs> I love peanut butter, and I specifically love Reese's big cups. They're like my favorite thing, but what I've discovered is that eating a lot of Reese's cups don't lead me closer to my goals. They take me further from my goals. You know what I mean? Like if we want to grow in our relationship with God. We've got to feed on the word of God. So we have just a really simple action step for you. We created just a couple weeks ago, a seven-day devotional, and we put it online. And so this is a great way for you to kind of introduce yourself to the scriptures and to begin to grow in your understanding of God's word, especially if you're newer to your faith. You'd say, the Bible is so overwhelming to me. I would encourage you to go to our website, ethosoh.com forward slash devo, and start the seven-day devotional. It's just a really easy and practical way for you to begin to read your, read your Bible. The second thing is we want to help each other grow. We want to be people who help each other, who help each other grow. That's what our community if there's one thing that 10 years from now we pray would be a distinguishing characteristic about ethos, it would be this. That we'd be people who are like, man, we just, we love people. I think nothing like you. I believe nothing like you. I look nothing like you. We love people. We just really love people. We love people who hate us. We love people who love us. We just, we, we want to love people. We want to help. We want to help each other take next steps, help each other grow. This is what Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 12. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by your faith. Harvard did this study. In fact, it's the longest ongoing study on relationships that's happening right now in the world. It's 75 years, actually 76 years now in the making. And really kind of the conclusive evidence that they found in this study and studying and analyzing relationships is is that good relationships keep us healthier and happier and that loneliness is toxic. Like, like, Solomon wrote all about this in Proverbs, but Harvard just, just discovered it, you know? Good relationships keep us healthier and happier, In loneliness, it's actually, it's toxic. It, it, in fact, they're, they're starting to discover that there are diseases that are a result of being lonely, that we get sick when we're lonely. It's, it's crazy, and yet it's not, because it's all in line with what the Scriptures have been telling us for over 2,000, over 2000 years. So for us as a community, we believe that the best antidote for great relationships is to make yourself friendly, because friendly people have great friends. You ever notice that? Friendly people just, they have they have a lot of great friends.
1: Yeah, um, I do have a scripture to read, but I feel like I need to just like clarify something before we go any further. Okay. We did not plan our outfits today, okay? Uh, yeah. I feel like so many people ask me like, oh, look, you guys are cute and matching. This was not planned. This is the second time this week we that had we had a, did this. We had an
0: appointment at the, the bank this, this earlier this week too, and, we, and we, <laughs> we had, we like walked out of the house and didn't even look at each other beforehand, and we're like, like we're exact the exact same, same
1: outfit. And it was like our, it was like a church windbreaker. So we both had on our church windbreakers. And I was like, these people think we are like the cheesiest church people right now. We like we're a part leave.
0: of a cult. Like you yes. have to wear our clothes. Yes. So you know?
1: anyways, we can get back into the message. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. And I think that we would all agree that at this point, at this time, life is busier than ever. There are more stressors than ever. There are more things and projects and opportunities fighting for our time, for our attention, for our thoughts Than we've ever had before. And I think, unfortunately, the thing that we tend to do the most in seasons like that is to neglect the things that we actually need the most. And I love this verse, it's so simple and it doesn't leave anything to question. It says you need to be together. Why? To be motivated and to be encouraged. You know, I know that for me, I feel like daily I can use some, some encouragement. Right. I have friends that I can text. I have my family. I have my husband. That when things are just starting to seem overwhelming, and maybe when I'm starting to let go of the things that I, I can't be neglecting, they're there to, to motivate me. Hey, like, let's keep going. They're going to encourage me. We're going to keep going on this journey together.
0: Yeah. The, the third thing we want to lean into as a community is that we choose to grow. Now, this is an individual decision that we all have to make. And, and, and I apologize if this, if, this, if this talk today is, like, too practical and you're kind of wanting some, like, like depth in the Word of God. Like, we just, we, we really do believe in ethos, in, in a spirituality that, that accompanies practicality. And, and so we, we have to make a decision individually, I'm going to choose to grow. That today's a great day. It's not just another day. It's a great day. And I'm going to choose growth on this day. Because what we've discovered is that our, our our daily habits, specifically our daily spiritual habits, are what builds good character. And good character is what leads to the destiny and the great destiny that we all desire to kind of to have, and to in the legacy that we desire to leave. And Jesus said it like this in John 13, verse 17. He said, Now, now that you know these things, you're gonna be blessed if you if you do them. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do. It's one thing to know I can grow closer to my relationship with God if I lean in and read God's Word. It's another thing to lean in and read God's Word. It's one thing to know that healthy relationships are important. It's another thing to get involved in a group and make relationships a priority. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to do. And there's a lot of there's kind of a lot of like next steps that that we provide opportunities for people to grow in. And as we as we're progressing in age as a church and becoming more mature, we're trying to create more opportunities for people to grow. In their relationship with God and in their relationship with with one another. In fact, we t- we mentioned a moment ago uh, about Growth Track. Growth Track is a great place to really learn more about how God created you to be unique and what gifts He's given you. We really believe at Ethos Church that everybody is a ten, a ten at something, and we want to help you identify what that gift is, what that talent is, so that you can use it to make a difference in the in the world around you. We. We, we like to encourage people to get involved, to serve on a, on a, on a, on a team here. We, we don't have volunteers at Ethos. We have servant leaders. Why do I think serving is important? Why do we think serving is important? It's not because we need you. It's because we want you. Yeah. Right? Like our vision is to help people come alongside other people and make a difference with the talents that they have. And I just think, are you going to say something about that? I, I, I think that? I think that our teams, I'll tell you what, man, I really mm-hmm. believe this with all of my heart. I think that we have some of the best people you're ever going to meet here at Ethos Church. And and I just, I think when you get involved, you're going to have the opportunity to meet those people. What, what were you going to say? Uh, was it better than what I said?
1: We'll let them decide. Okay. Um, no, I was just going to say, when talking specifically about being involved one of the most common conversations that people will have with us and we experience this through youth ministry and now is this topic of man I really want to go deeper I really want to I really want to get better I really want to learn more I it's that the whole like I really I really want to go further will you mentor me will you disciple me will you meet with me one on one and that is great don't don't misunderstand like I'm not dismissing that But when people ask us that question, our first response is, are you involved? Are you currently serving? Because I think we have this idea that if we can just learn everything that we want to learn, that then we'll be in a place to serve and to give out of what we have. And I think that the truth is, is that until we first give of what we have, we don't make room for what it is that we really want. And I think it's very similar to having someone he has guys ask him all the time hey will you train me I want to work out I want to get stronger well in order to gain the strength that you really desire you have to first exercise the strength that you have and so I think serving being involved is is really that it it's going to feel uncomfortable and it might not be easy for some of you if you're an introvert like I am like this is not my thing but I'm going to choose to exercise what I have. I'm going to choose to grow, yeah. and I'm going to be okay with that process.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was better than what I had to say, actually. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we think another great next step is, is practically share your story. Uh, you have a story of what God's done in your life. Take somebody out to lunch, grab coffee with them, hear their story, share your story, and just a, invite them to, to church so they can get involved in the stories of the people around them. We have this saying, we need your story because your story really does matter. And I just think that your story is more valuable than what you realize that it is. And that when you begin to invite other people to hear their story and them hear your story, there's something significant that happens in our growth and our maturity as followers, of Jesus, as followers of Jesus as well. And the last one is baptism. We wanted to kind of hit on baptism uh, today as well because baptism is, is one of those crucial next steps that Jesus even commands us to take after we make a decision to say yes to Jesus. He then says, now go and be baptized. In fact, in fact, listen, listen to this scripture, Mark 16, verse 16. Jesus is saying, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I think baptism kind of serves as like the wedding band of the Christian faith. It's the outward expression of an internal commitment that we've made to Jesus. Jesus was even baptized, and he, he did that as a sign of his commitment to the Father. He said, like, man, I'm committing to following you, so I'm going to show people that, that it's my it's my public declaration of my faith, of my faith in Jesus. And so, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, like she mentioned, you're you're shy, you're bold, you're you're outgoing, or, or, or kind of more reserved. But baptism really is something that I'm telling you, man. It's a sign of obedience, act of obedience, and it brings so much joy to God. Man, I just think that when we're back, it just puts a smile on the face of our Father. It really, really does.
1: Yeah, I think baptism is the way that I. Just understand it the best is that it's a celebration of what Jesus has already done, right. and it's a demonstration of our life being immersed in His. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. So, so we I know we're going a little long. We it's you hard. always have way too much to say. Um,
1: <laughs> you asked me to do this. So I'm kidding. I'm talking. Funny. I'm the one
0: talking long. Uh, and so, okay. So we want to close with this. So, so why don't we take next steps? Why don't we? Why don't we choose to grow? Why don't we? Why don't we choose to help other people grow? Why don't we feed on God's word? Like, why don't we take, why don't we take these next steps? And there are some barriers that we've identified in our own lives and just in talking with other people that, that keep us back. And and here's what we've been praying. We pray that you would recognize these barriers in your life. That's the first step to then kind of setting it aside and taking that next step in your faith. And and so, so what's like, what's that first barrier bit?
1: We think the first barrier is our past. I mean, we all have a past and with our past comes regret, comes things that maybe we feel ashamed of, maybe failures that, you know, we've never been able to succeed at something. And so we're now convinced that that failure is what we're going to experience in the future. I think one of the biggest things I, I'll speak for me personally, maybe none of you like would say that you've ever done this, but. I have a tendency to put God in the box of my past. And what I mean by that is if he moved a certain way at one time, then I think, okay, this is exactly what it's going to look like the next time. And when it doesn't happen that same way, I'm thrown in the towel, and I'm feeling like, okay, God, like you left me. You abandoned me. You weren't there. I don't think I can trust you. And and all of a sudden, I'm allowing Because it wasn't the timing I wanted or the way that I thought it should be, I'm now questioning everything that I believed. And this is kind of a silly story, but I think it kind of brings the point home. Um, When Sophia was younger, this was before Judah was born, and she was younger, I worked part-time, so every Monday and Tuesday I worked. And Wednesdays was like my first day with her. And so I thought, I'm going to start a tradition. Like this is going to be like some really intentional mother-daughter bonding time. Now, he was against this particular method from day one, but it's okay. So I decided that every Wednesday after he leaves for work, Sophie and I are still in our pajamas. We're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to Starbucks, right? I mean, Jen, you you understand this, right? When you can go and somebody else makes your coffee and you don't have to clean it up and like you just enjoy it, it's really, it is a treat when you are a mom. So this is what we did every Wednesday. We would drive to the drive-thru, I would order my coffee, and she would get this two-pack of shortbread cookies every single Wednesday. And there's this one particular Wednesday. He's like has his own thoughts because he thought this was a waste of money. So I thought it was a great investment. Anyways, this one particular Wednesday, we're going, it's a beautiful morning, so like we slept in, everybody's in good moods. We go to the drive-thru, I order my coffee, I order her cookies, I pull up to the window, and they do like the dreaded Starbucks greeting, which is, I'm so sorry, we're all out of the shortbread cookies that you ordered. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. So, okay, do you have Madeline cookies? No, I'm sorry, we're out of those too. Okay, do you have chocolate chip cookies? No, unfortunately, our shipment got delayed, so it's either gonna get in today or tomorrow. You can come back then. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, my child is expecting these cookies. And if I pull away from this window without them, I know what is going to happen. And that's what happened. She's crying. She is upset. I can't console her. This is like great parenting, I know. So we get home. And the whole time, I'm just trying to calm her down so she understands. Just wait until we get home. Because Maybe you've never experienced this, but I have had these moments at Starbucks, right? Where you pull up, you order your flat white, and, and you hear them say, so sorry, but our ristretto machine is broken today. Or you want your vanilla latte, what, and they're What, they're what out machine? Of ristretto.
0: Ristretto. I don't even know what that I is. Know,
1: it's, I know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's good. It's good.
0: Waste of money. So,
1: <laughs> you know, or what you order, they're out of, and you just feel like, man... Like, this is, I was looking forward to this. This is what I was counting on. And it just, like, turns your whole day, like, just pathetic, but it does. But I planned for this moment because I had it happen to me one too many times. So what Sophie didn't know was that at home, in our pantry, I had a secret stash of her cookies. So she's devastated. She's feeling like I lied to her. You know, I know I'm exaggerating, but you get the point right? And I think we do this with God, where something doesn't happen the way that we're used to it happening or the way that we think it should. And at the time that we think it should happen and we throw in the towel, I'm not going to believe anymore. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to step out in my gift anymore. And the whole time God is saying, man, trust me enough to let me go into your future.
0: That's good. I like to say it like this. You got to remember what God did, not how he did it. I think one of the greatest hindrances to what God wants to do in our future is thinking that it's going to look the same as how he did it in the past. You know what I mean? I think the second barrier that keeps us from kind of pursuing our next step is is our perspective. It's our perspective of how I see me and how how I think others see me that begins to hold us back from Kind of taking our, our next steps. Did you want to talk about that at all? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know we all get this, right? Like we all have a tendency to see ourselves through the lens of our insecurities, right. through yeah. our inexperience. Like if I could be really transparent with you all this morning, if you had any idea how sweaty I am sitting up here, like this is this is not. I am so introverted. I'm like I would rather be back there, like where the lights are not shining. You'll and get you baptized see afterwards. <laughs> you
0: stop sweating. But,
1: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So, but I think we have to make a choice. Either I'm going to see myself through the lens of my insecurities, through the lens of what I believe I am not, or I'm going to see myself through the lens of my potential and my purpose. One of those things, one of those perspective perspectives holds me back and the other one propels me forward.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say this. And if I could talk to you individually and look in your eyes, you're doing better than you think you are and you're more gifted than you believe you're to be. I just I think God made you on purpose for a purpose. That's why we have that we have this sign as you walk into the auditorium every week says you're alive on purpose for a purpose. Because I just want people to know it because all throughout our weeks we kind of get hell. And we're taught to believe something, people put us down, and we're we kind of begin to believe the lies of things that have been spoken over us the discouragement. and discouragement. It's just it's not it's not of God. It's not from heaven. And and we gotta change our perspective and begin to lean into. We are who God says we are, not who people have set us to be or who we believed that we are based on our failure. Your failures don't make you a failure. It just means that you failed. That's it. That's it. I love what Proverbs says. It says, though the righteous may fall seven times, they get back up. In other words, what makes you righteous isn't that you don't fall. It's that you keep getting back up. So we have to change our, have to change our perspective. And the third thing that kind of keeps us from taking next steps is doubt. You know, th- just, just our own doubt that we we stop believing that we can. We had a dream when we were younger and we gave up on that dream. Or somebody once believed in us and that person's no longer in our lives and we gave up on that faith. And t- just don't... Man, you, how, how do you say it? That, that doubt... Yeah,
1: the, the saying that doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will.
0: Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. I, I love that. Did you come up with that? I'm gonna... Courtney once said that doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Tell you what, man, she's a, I got myself a, a dime right here. How do you know what that means? i never said that before in my entire life.
1: probably inappropriate. like that.
0: I Anyways. think it's inappropriate.
1: Okay.
0: I hope not. Where were we? No, but, but here's the thing. Here's the point is we, we got to identify what is it that's keeping us from our next step? What's, what's holding us back from choosing growth on a, on a daily basis from choosing to help people on a daily basis from from choosing to lean into God's word on a daily basis what's holding us back is it doubt is it our perspective is it is it something is it a way in which I see myself is it is it is it is it a problem from my past and I'm not what what's holding me back right like identify that I love this scripture we're, we're going to close on this I love this listen to Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord, and God delights in every step, in every step they take to follow Him. Leave that up, up there for me, DJ. And God delights in every step they take to follow Him. You wake up in the morning, you make a step to read your Bible for 30 seconds. God delights in in every step you make. I'm telling you, man, you, 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 you get, you, you felt on your heart like you wanted just to say a kind word to somebody. You wanted to encourage somebody. You, you liked somebody's shirt and, and you told them, Kevin, I really like your shirt, man. That made Kevin feel really good. And, and (laughs) I tell you, I tell you, the truth is, is God delights in every step. We oftentimes think we got to take this big, massive step for God. No, no. It's these small, regular steps. These seeds. We talked about this a couple months ago. Just keep on planting seeds. Keep on watering that seed every day. God delights in those steps.